Hello and happy new year to you. As the year begins, many of us are thinking about how we can do better this year, how we can change our lives and that of others. You may be thinking about starting a new business or a new career. I want you to know that dreams do come true. Welcome to the first episode of 2021. Building it for success is a show for entrepreneurs transforming their ideas and their passion into real businesses and making big progress in Africa. I'm Kaifas and today I have someone you really need to listen to for you to start strong in 2021. I'm really honored to have Siba Mutongana, a global celeb chef, a proud mother and an entrepreneur. She is the founder of the Siba Co and through her work over the years, she has touched millions of South Africans and many more in over 135 countries worldwide. Siba Mutongana has turned her passion for food into a serious brand and business. Just recently, she was headhunted to feature on Harvard case study for MBA students. Harvard as we know it is one of the most prestigious university globally. Today I speak to her about her journey from Mudanzane in Eastern Cape South Africa to being a renowned global food icon. Hello Siba, welcome and I'm really really honored and thank you so much for taking the time from your extremely busy schedule to speak to me. You're welcome. It's busy. it's a crazy time, but I thought let me um make some time for this. So you're welcome. Thank you very much. It's really my pleasure. So this being a busy week for you and knowing that we may not have enough time to cover all, let's start from where Siba is now as an entrepreneur and then we will go back to how you managed to turn your passion into a profitable business. Perfect. I'm I'm happy with that. Thanks a lot. So, I I realized today you actually announced uh the launch of your restaurant. So, can you please tell me, you know, where you are now as an entrepreneur, the big initiatives that you have um achieved so far? Oh, I first feel like saying alala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, alala. <laughs> <laughs> the true African style and ululate because I'm super excited um it's been a very hard year it's been a, a year where we've had to uh, pivot where we've had to take big knocks and stand up and and run or walk again so mm. I'm very happy that I managed to Uh, open my restaurant it's opening on the we're having a soft launch uh on the 21st of November and doors are open the day after so it's been incredible now let me tell you a little bit of story about the restaurant it's been something that's been on my plans for a very long time in fact we thought we were initially going to launch it in 2016 Okay. but we came across many hurdles many um you know many unexpected things where partnerships just in jail um things were just not coming together as nicely so we thought you know what let's go back to the drawing board and let's go um let's plan better let's focus on other things that are working rather than spending time on something that's just not uh, you know coming together at that time so we went back and we you know went to doing cookbooks and many other stuff the shows etc but we were working on this in the background so we thought 2020 would be a perfect year to launch this because it's the you know it's an end of one decade and a beginning of another um so it would be perfect so all our efforts went to 2020 in terms of opening the restaurant and alas we were hit by covid-19 and 
further you know um devastated our plans um you know we're supposed to have started in another location we had to think of other ways etc um but you know i believe i really believe that god works in mysterious ways because the venue we got where the restaurant is at the moment in fact they pride themselves at the table bay hotel at the waterfront the most visited um place in africa um and they wow. pride themselves as they are the best address in the cape you know they're the best address in cape town so we landed to you know being at the Table Bay Hotel which in hindsight I'm very grateful for so I'm very grateful that you know things have um and ended this when I thought I'm going to push the barriers even further by making sure that in 2020 this restaurant is established not 2021 because in our in our calendar as we had been planning it was always 2021 so covid or not we you know we have managed to push the boundaries and push back and say here is the restaurant we are we we are opening it and also obviously we are observing all due protocols that come to covid-19 to make sure that we are compliant with what the government is recommending so it's a beautiful time it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a story of you know um uh, um uh, travailing and 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 being victorious after such a such a hard 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 year Wow, awesome. So you said it's being launched uh the soft launch will be 21 December um next week. Yes, so next week Monday. So on Monday the 21st of December we are launching the restaurant where we'll be inviting um friends, media, um uh, close friends and media and just almost uh opening up that ribbon, cutting the ribbon and then the doors will be open thereafter. Congratulations. So it to be live, uh can we join online? Um I'm going to ask my team because they're the ones who are running with this. So I'll ask if whether uh, we uh, are going to be live or is it just um physical. So I'll 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 be in touch with you and I'll let you know. Awesome. Uh, really amazing. Really want to congratulate you for that on that. Obviously we're going to talk about your journey and how you managed to really get to where you are now. There are some of the great things that you have achieved Siba. Um you are a global icon and um can you please tell me more about um some of these great things um I, I've read about some of them but it'd be great to hear from you from mm. Horses Mouth. Okay, perfect. So the latest in my global scale in terms of achievements is that um Harvard University I'm part of a uh, literature for Harvard University. I they made me to be one of their case studies. Now, this was just oh my goodness, one of the biggest our recognitions and the big one of the biggest accolades and biggest things uh, any chef or any person for that matter from the continent in 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 Africa um to have achieved because remember I'm based in South Africa I do travel quite extensively uh and uh, you know locally and abroad but my roots are still very much in Africa so 
to mm-hmm. be recognized in the African soil by such a prestigious um, um, business school, Harvard Business School, which teaches uh, MBA students from across the globe. You know, I, I know majority of, of CEOs, the, the CEOs that I know in South Africa, I know for a fact that they've gone through courses uh, where, uh, at Harvard University where they, you know, part of their, 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 their studies would be to study different case studies. And now I will also be one of the case studies that is taught uh, to these MBA students and many other, as, um, you know, uh, students who are, uh, who are going to, you know, go through the course. So it's, it's an honor and it's a privilege. And it came about because they've been tracking my work unbeknown to me. And they wow. found that for the past uh, eight years, I have achieved so much, um, so much in a short space of time that many chefs globally um, have not managed to achieve specifically because of the time factor. And what was um, even more attractive to them was the fact that I am based in Africa, I am based in South Africa, but yet I've got this global um, scale success through my cooking show, Seabed Table, on Food Network, which is in over 135 countries, in is in over 60 million homes in America alone. You know, it's in every continent. Um, so they were quite marveled by that. And one of the things they said when when I was listening in on the on the day that they had to lecture this um and teach my case study um is that it's extraordinary because under norm if a person for instance who comes from america whether it would be rachel ray or whoever else it's almost expected that they will have the success that they have because the environment in which they are in allows it to and because i'm the first in the continent to have such a global success um it just became extraordinary uh, to them and they wanted to then learn what are the things that i had to go through and overcome in order to to be this global success so what can we learn from Siba and her business uh personally from her as a person and then also and then so um also from you know my learnings in, in in my business and what can they then teach their mba students from that it was wow. really an honor wow. it was really you know you know sometimes it's not awesome that uh we take a step back and we look and we say well done um so from that perspective it was great because i could sit back and people were literally saying well done well they contacted you was it uh, is it two years ago uh, how was it for you they, they just sent you an email and say we would like you to take part in this um uh, Harvard case study. They sent me an email. They sent my team an email, and they asked us if whether they said we're very interested in doing a study on you, etc. So I didn't believe it because it was too good to be true. So I'm successful to a certain measure. I do know that, um, but I didn't know that it was to an extent that I would capture the 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 attention of the most prestigious wow. university in the world. 
Um, so when they sent me an email, I thought it was a hoax. And I thought, no, let's just be careful and not give, you know, intimate and personal information because we, you don't, we, we, this is too good to be true. So we ignored it the first time. Mm-hmm. And then they then sent a follow up email, um, a, a, you know, explaining further what they wanted to do. And we thought, okay, this is real. So let's just do a background check. And perhaps this is what they are. Uh, p- perhaps this is legit and it turned out to be legit. In fact, I was having a chat with a very, with a friend of mine that I met not so long ago and I was explaining the story to him and he said, another friend of his, um, said to him that if something is too good to be true, it may just be that it's, it's, it's true, uh-huh. you know, and we mustn't only think that if it's too good to be true, it's not true. There must be something, something dodgy. It may just be that it is true. So I've adopted that, that when good things happen, I must stop, uh, you know, thinking that, oh, it, it can't be. It's too big. It's too whatever. Uh-huh. I've adopted that. Um, and I've taken it forward, uh, to believe that if it's, good to be true it's worth giving it an eye and not dismissing so they came to me two years ago wanted to do this and then it involved a series of lots of um uh, in, in interrogation and interviews etc so that they can understand better um of you know of, of my brand my business um etc they also went to the extent of interviewing my business associates interviewing my business um, uh, consultants, my team, everyone, um, as well as, you know, some family members. And also they went even above and beyond to do their own research about me, uh, that has been published. Plus they went on to do, um, they went on to, to, you know, to study about South Africa, um, wow. to about South Africa. And, you know, what did I, as a, as, as a person who was born within the apartheid era, they even went to that extent, um, had to go through specifically as a young black woman in order to attain such. So it's quite an extensive, it's a big profiling of our country as well in the continent. Um, uh, so it's quite extensive because it n- n- doesn't just go and talks about my story, but it talks about my story in context of the time in which I was born, in context of the country in which I'm born, in context of the continent in which I'm born, and the family in which I'm born, and what I've then been what have been able to achieve with 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 where I'm born. And I want you to know, I'm born in a in a township. Was born in a township in Tanzania. Born in a simple family so it was just so surreal and beautiful to just behold that you know when when people say africa your time is now for me that moment epitomized that that a young girl from danzane would now be part of literature for harvard university it almost brings tears still to my eyes just because it was that big I was reading your story, Siba, um, and some of the work you've been doing, and I came back and I told my wife, I was like, I am extremely inspired by your work and how you're driving for success and your global reach. And by the way, my wife is a big fan. She she cooks your your I mean your your food. She uses your recipes too. So we eat your food here at home. Now, oh, sweet. 
See. Amazing, amazing work. I, I, uh, I read, I read that in 2019, you actually also was handpicked by the South African presidency to direct and curate the VIP menu for the 2019 inauguration of President Cyril Ramaphosa, and you, mm-hmm. you know, there were 70 heads of states and 450 guests. That that's big. On top of that, the several awards that you 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 won. I think for me, when you were growing up in Mdanzani, mm-hmm. and I think right now you have a mm-hmm. hashtag, when I was reading on Twitter, there's a hashtag Mdanzani to Harvard. When you were growing up, yes. did you foresee that you're going to be having this global impact? Can I tell you, um, I've had, I, I used to have a sense of belief within me from a very young age that I'm going to be great. I don't know where it came from. Maybe it was the, you know, the, the, the God-fearing installation in me and the affirmations that my parents had. But from a very young age, as, as, as young as four years of age, five years of age, I can remember, I've always known that I'm going to be great, but I never knew how. How I'm going to be great, I never knew, but I had wishes on my side that of, of how I wanted to be great. And how I wanted to be great was I, you know, the, the legendary Nelson Mandela was my icon and still he still is. For years, I thought I would be the first female president of South Africa. Wow. For years. <laughs> that was what I thought it was going to be. And everybody who asked me, what do you want to be? I'll tell them my, my parents wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer, but I thought I'm going to be the first female president of South Africa. For years, that's wow. what I used to say, because... Mandela was the uh, the uh, late Nelson Mandela. Uh, Holy Shasha used to be um, uh, the one I I loved. I loved him growing up. I mean, we all loved him, uh, especially most at that at that time because he was our hero. And then, so so to 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 answer your question, I've always had a sense of greatness within me, even though I never knew. And I remember. Um, at some point I was praying and I was asking the Lord, how will, how will I be great? You know, because he, you've instilled this in me, but how will you do it? How will you do it? And never in my wildest dreams did I ever think when I chose food as a career against the will of my parents, because my mother specifically as an educator, she was a cum laude. Wow. <laughs> she was a cum laude uh, graduate from the Rhodes University and got, you know, standing ovation. My mother was an academic of note. Wow. Um, and when she heard that I wanted to do food as a career, she became so upset because it's like, I've worked so hard um, to get you girls out of the kitchen. Now you voluntarily want to go back. You know, I understood her sentiments because at the time there was, there was no role model. There was no person of color, um, uh, black, or even white uh, in South Africa at the time, or even in the continent, that I could look toward was very successful in the uh, food business. Um, So in essence, I was going against the the grain. And when I said to her, I want to do food, she said no, and then I insisted. And she made sure that I'm not just going to do straight uh, chefing or culinary, I'm going to do chefing and culinary studies 
with food science and nutrition in it because she wanted to make sure, you know, should things not go well in the kitchen, I've got something else which is more academic to fall back on, which is the food science and which is the nutrition. So, you know, I, I've, I've had that beautiful support from my parents, even though they did not really believe in what I wanted, they would allow it because I would be, I was very much persistent. So I've always known I would be great, but I just didn't know how I would be. But in my, in my, in my form of greatness is acts of service. I love serving others. I love, you know, um, you know, for instance, how I, bring um, that into where I am now. I love the fact that I bring families together. Mm. I've had so many people who call, who would um, either call me, uh, send me messages uh, via my social media pages, emails, etc. Throughout the 10-year career that I've had w- within the food and media space, locally and globally, mm. would say, Siba, you've saved my marriage. Without, you know, I never used to like cooking. I've been watching you. And ever since then, you know, I have just, you know, been, it, you make it so easy for us to do you uncomplicated. And I've been able to cook. And ever since then, my husband enjoys my food. We are just happier. Wow. And another one would say, my husband in Dubai, a lady a few years ago said, Siba, it was because of you that my husband bought me a car because my cooking changed drastically wow. from bad to best, you know. So it's many good stories. And a lot of the youngsters in the country and in the continent and even abroad, you know, the, the Americans, specifically the African-Americans will say, Siva, you're doing it for all of us. And in, 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 in South Africa in, in, and in Africa, uh, many people of color would then say, wow, you know, your success is our success. So I understand the, the magnitude and the responsibility to a certain degree that this comes with. And that's why I'm very insistent that as an African child, I need to break even more barriers to show that indeed it is possible, whether you are in the food space and whether you are in any other space. It's not to say I'm perfect. You know, I'm not a business guru. I'm not a whatever, but what I do have is an incredible passion for what I have and a great ambition to go for what I'm doing. And I'm able to push and, and push and push and push until something happens. Wow, you know, um, listening to you now, it's um, I, I can sense the power um, and um, the the inspiration in what you do, and the impact in people goes beyond just the cooking. That's that's what I'm hearing now. And you know, just two days ago, I was talking to someone about reading about your story. I learned back in school. We used to be told that if you want to make it in life, do engineering, uh, or you mm-hmm. know, go and do medicine, but. Mm. You went into food, but you turned it into a real business. And for me then, I think mm. what I'm interested in knowing now is at what point did you actually say, you know what, I'm going to turn this into a real business? Okay. It's a very good question because um, in the beginning, I just to give you a, 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 your audience maybe who don't know my my uh, where I started. So I have a degree in food and consumer sciences um, where I majored in food science and nutrition and we also had culinary studies within that. Um, did that for four years, have a degree in that. And then I went on being a lecturer at the university um, for a, a period of about a year or, or two. And then after that, I went into industry and, and I got a job as a food editor for the um, iconic drum magazine, 
um, which was very instrumental, you know, back in the time in the apartheid era where it was, you know, the magazine where black people were being were profiled in specifically in South Africa. And then went ahead to have a cooking show called Cooking with Tiba, which Drum Magazine gave me an opportunity. Now Food Network had hunted me from London um, and the US for my show, um, Siba's um, Table, because they saw that show and then they wanted me for that. And then post that, I then went in, into becoming an um, um a freelancer. I started off as a freelancer and then decided, ah, oh, I can't do this alone because the workload was just too much. I needed people to help me. And then I decided it was in 2015, in fact, 2014, about 2013, 2014, I decided I can't keep on working alone as a freelancer i need to i need to uh, make my name and my brand into a business because if i if i go at it as as uh, alone i'll maybe i'll 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 go fast you know i'll be able to do things fast enough but i won't go far i won't go far but if i bring in people to come help me then i will be able to be fast and also go far um so i it was 2013 i decided i'm going to make this into a business so i registered my company um you know i registered my company sook uh, to have people that helped me and within the time um as well this this is the the sad part about business is that you do get wolves <laughs> on the on, on the journey yeah. you know got really you know as an as a naive trusting a uh, person in my early years of business and trusted people who then swindled me. And, you know, it was, you know, a very hard time because first people had broken my trust that I had trusted. And I started to doubt if whether this was even the right decision to make was I not even better under the umbrella of someone else. But I then decided, well, Ah, it is what it is. Uh, it's it's not all experiences that are going to be good. So let me take take it as a learning curve. So took that as a learning experience and as baptismal of fire into business and also school fees and also just not being gullible um, when it comes to business as 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 a a trusting and a loving person and but rather put on my cap, which is really business and be able to be. Um, to, to be able to discern and to be able to make better decisions and also follow my heart because I follow my heart when it comes to um, uh, decision matters. If it's good, you know, it might look good on paper, but if it's not good internally, I'd rather not go ahead. But if it's good, um, if it's, it's, a, it's good on paper and it's good internally, then I go ahead. So I'm very much guided by my, my intuition, which women generally have and is quite strong. <laughs> um, with us, I think it's part of, um, it's, it's, it's part of our God given gift to have that ex external antenna that is able to, you know, put the alarm bells on. Yeah. So I, so in essence, I started in 2013. It's been a journey since then. And also you must remember, this is what I tell people. I don't come from a family where I've got my dad, my mom, etc., cousins or uncles who are in business. I am the first entrepreneur in my business. So I've had to learn a lot of things along the way and I still learn a lot of things along the way. Um, but I think with, with what I've achieved, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy. But, you know, I, th there's always much to learn. There's so much to learn and it's been great that over time I've managed to, you know, to find people 
whom I can ask certain things, who, who've become my uncles and aunts in business to say, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? In your opinion, with having had a business for this long, um, what, what do you think? You know, it's not to say what they advise is going to be what I take forward, but it's just, I believe in the presence of many people who cancel you or give you advice, um, you are able to make the best decision. At the end of the day, the the decision needs to be mine. Sometimes they would advise something, but internally it will be, "Mm -mm, I mustn't do it. Then I won't do it, you know? Um, So it's to say they give advice, but it's not to say they, they have the final say. I still have the final say when it comes to my business. Wow. Now looking at all that you've achieved now um, and um, the journey that you've traveled so far until where you are, what would you say was the secret to your success? I also ask this, uh, Siba, because when I look at um, the work you do and also the fact that you're a mother and you've got kids and there's there's a balance between family and your business and it's noticeable from someone who is reading about the work you're doing and watching you, what is the secret to your success? If I say this, people often think I'm being modest, but it's not. God mm. has been the secret to my success. And I mean it in the truest and most, you know, I, I can't, I, I almost have no words to explain it further, but God has been the secret to my success. And I'll explain it further. Mm. You know, before I make certain decisions, I pray about it. And I ask a circle of people around me to pray about it. And majority of the time, I would get my breakthroughs through prayer. I am diligent in making sure that I work hard. I am diligent in making sure that every opportunity that I'm given, I I I I, I use. Um, but there were times where I would be given an opportunity, but I would not know how to perhaps exploit it as much because of perhaps I did not have the experience or the knowledge at the time to be able to. But God has been the one to guide me to the right people at the right time in order to, you know, to achieve um, the success that I have. For instance, do you know that I never applied for my position at Food Network? I never even knew wow. that they were in the continent or in the country looking for a chef that was going to be their anchor from Africa and the Middle East and Europe. I didn't. I was not part of that. So 450 people for um, the Food Network came down from London and they interviewed 450 people and I was not part of that list. And then they went back to London. And as they were flipping through channels, they saw me as a food editor and a host of Siva's Table uh, for Drum Magazine uh, on my previous first show called Cooking with Siva. And they were just hopeful that I was South African and was based in Africa and um, they could use, I could be the next one. And they checked everywhere that how could we have missed her? Now, in my opinion, the timing, the timing that they they thought of having to to flip through channels, and the 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 and, the, and at the time in which they were doing the 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 the, the scaling down of of the to the person that they needed, was just mm. a god timing to me. I truly believe it that it was just wow. a god timing that I happened. As somebody decided to take the remote, they flipped through channels 
and boom, they are there I was because I never applied for my position. Wow. It landed on me. So when I say it, I say it with the conviction of knowing that it is so. Wow. And so that is my secret to success. And I believe that, you know, I believe, I sincerely believe that with every opportunity that we are given, we have to be diligent with it. So I'm a hard worker. I work hard and I enjoy it. I don't feel stressed with working. You know, I do, you know, it isn't stress. We'll always be stressed when things are stressful, but I don't feel that it is cumbersome on me that I'm working hard. I've never had maternity leave with all my children, all four of them. I've had to work with them on my breast (laughs) or on my back or on my, you know, whatever. And I've shared that life with the world. Sorry, it gets me emotional. I've shared that life with the world because specifically our people, because it is my wish and it is my dream that we are known as people that are hardworking because we are, because we are, because we are. And besides that, I wanted to showcase that being a woman and having children is not a punishment. It doesn't mean it needs to be an end to your success. It doesn't mean that it needs to be an end to your career, but rather you can, you can, you can be, um, what I call a proverb, um, 31 woman, where you are industrious, where you are able to take care of your family, you are able to take care of your business, and you are able to do it all. Why should we choose? I like to, to, to address and to challenge the social norms as to why is it that specifically for women once we have children etc the, the 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 environment in the cop in corporate specifically is not conducive for women to be able to to be great at motherhood and and being wives um and also to be great in the boardroom it's almost as though we have to choose a career path and once we've chosen the career path we lose out on the family or we choose the family and once we've chosen the family we lose out on the career path. It was my resistance. It was my rebellion to say, I'm not going to conform to the norms of the world. I'm not going to conform to what is being put forward. Mm-hmm. I will leave corporate and I will create my own structure. And it hasn't been easy. I can tell you, I've had many sleepless nights. I've had times where it's been really rough and hard, but it's all been worth it because because it's afforded me the time to spend with my children because I then maneuver my diary according to me, not according to what has been prescribed to me and what I can and cannot do. And equally so, I put enough time on my business uh, knowing that, that I'm as much needed there. Um, and when I go, my children know, you know, that mama is, 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 is working. You know, we are, I'm creating such a strong work ethic with my children that by the time they grow, work is going to be such a natural thing for them and not a hard thing. And that's what I wish to give the world that we should be fluid enough with family and work like many other like many other companies, not companies, are nations, uh, you know, um, uh, um, in South Africa, we've got the Greeks and young children who come from Greek families. They grow up in the business, uh, in, 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 in business. 
and other, uh, you know, the Jews, the Jewish nation, they're taught money from a very young age, etc. So I really am hoping that with what I'm doing, I will be able to impact enough people that will be able to say, no, we can do it like this. Rather, mm -hmm. let us not be con confined to a structure that doesn't work for us. Let us create our own structure. And I've wow. done that and I'm happy. Wow. Siba, you are... This is amazing. You are impacting the world. And um, thank you for sharing that story. Now, Siba, for someone in Mdanzani or mm -hmm. someone in, in the township elsewhere in South Africa or outside of Africa or around the world, yeah. they really look up to you. But mm -hmm. there are challenges they're facing in terms of stepping up and be as bold as you are. What is the one advice that you can give to a child, a young child? An advice I would give to a young child like that is that you need to believe in yourself even when no one else believes you or believes in you. What I would say is believe in yourself. The gift of the, the biggest gift that life within this time, within this period, within the time in which you are given, you can give yourself is Rather than you seeing as others as great, etc., see yourself as great. And by great, I don't mean be a, a pompous, boastful, um, arrogant person. No, but believe that within you, there is greatness. Within you, there is greatness that the world awaits to see. And also, invest in yourself. I, by, by leaving corporate, by leaving, you know, a, a formal job, it was a form of me investing in myself. I was, I, I was in essence saying, I'm the future employer. I'm the one who's going to bring in people into my business and employ them and grow them and give them opportunities. Do not be afraid to dream big. Do not be afraid to dream big because it is those big ideas that are needed in order to transform the world. The likes of Steve Jobs, uh, the Bill Gates, the, you know, the who's who's, and I'll add a Sibam Togana there, um, yeah. did that specific, you know, we, we took, we, 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 we were able to take big risks and it's those risks and that we persisted on that are now yielding. Mm -hmm. And I find that fear is often the crippling factor for many people. And, 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 and often that people want others um, are to, to believe in them so much that when they crush them, they also get crushed and so will their dreams be crushed. So don't let people crush your dreams. You know, even if a person doesn't see it, take it from me. My mother hated the fact that I was doing food because she thought this child is, doesn't know what she's doing, you know, but I knew that this was my passion and I went for it. If you've got that thing in you that is just urging you to do it, do it. Do it, do it, even when others say they don't see the value, but in due time, they will see it. So I'm saying invest in yourself, read, um, have, you know, formal education, have all forms of education, and most importantly, know about money so that when money comes, you're able to manage it good and you are able to manage it well so that you can grow from strength to strength to strength. So I'm still growing. I, I have not yet reached where I, I I'm intend to go and where, you know, my pro trajectory um, is going. But 
I, I, I make sure that I, I am learning every day. I'm open to learning. That's even something I tell my team. Let us be open to learning. And that's what has saved me within this time, within COVID-19. We opened ourselves up to learning so that we are able to offer new offerings to our clients and, and uh, that we never had before in, in order to mitigate where we are in the world. I want to tell you a very quick story. Uh, an, an article that I read. In fact, I'll share the article with, with you, and maybe you can post it on your Thank platforms. You. Um, there is a uh, there was a bridge that was built somewhere in America, in Central America. I've just is it etiquette? I'm going to send you the name. So um, never mind me that I've forgotten the name now. But anyway, this bridge was a bridge that was built in order to withstand the test of time. So the the bridge was was built in order to you know you know it was built so that if there's any hurricane if there's anything that comes uh, and disrupts it it will be able to stand. Now this is what happened. The bridge was built and it was impeccable. The best designers were impeccable engineers etc. You know they did this bridge and there was a hurricane that came and guess what the bridge stood the test of time. But guess what happened. Within the hurricane, the, 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 the river band of the hurricane um, had moved the river from where the bridge was originally built and moved it alongside it. Oh. Meaning it, 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 so meaning the bridge no longer, the water was no longer uh, underneath the bridge. It was now next to the bridge, meaning the bridge was just standing there on, on, on dry land, even though it was strong, it was whatever. But it, in essence, was useless because it did not, um, um, uh, no one could have ever thought that it also needed to move if the river bend moves. So what am I saying? We need to be adaptable. We need to be agile. We need to be able to move with the times in order for us, if, if there are new storms that come or if there are new um, whatever that comes, we are able to adapt and move with it and be relevant for the time. Because in essence, here is this gorgeous, beautiful, strong bridge, which you can, you know, um, which stood the test of time, but that was useless because it was not adaptable to where the river band moved to. That's powerful. That's yeah. really, really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And I look forward to receiving that, that article. Now, Siba, as we wrap up, um, there was something of interest when I was going through your website. I did see you have a number of um, recipes and um, different options, quite a lot of them. So I was curious, yes. do you have a research team that puts them together or you're doing that yourself? I also noticed that you you actually saying we feel that your team is playing a major role. Maybe you can tell me more about that as an entrepreneur. Okay, perfect. So um, the in terms of research, I do the research and I do have a team that helps me um, with the research. For instance, I would say, I want a cookbook. Um, we've got so much recipes. We need to put them in a cookbook, et cetera, et cetera. And then my team will go back to and uh, go back to Food Network, all the recipes I've done for Food Network, and they'll put them together for me. But when it comes to the core research in terms of what I want, what message I want to have on the cookbook, that is all Siba because that always needs to be me and not 
my team, yeah. but my team is just a matter of um, extension of me. For instance, um, putting the putting the recipes together um, and making sure that we haven't missed anything or haven't forgotten anything. But in terms of the core of 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 what goes into it and what and what happens. Um, that is um, that is me. And then alongside that, for instance, I then partner with strategic partners. Uh, for instance, I partnered up this time around with a publisher who then helps me even further. What that helps me with make uh, uh, ensures that my time is not taken too much on one project. Okay. Uh, meaning that. I can, once I've put the, you know, I've tested all my recipes, I've tested them and we've tested them with my team in my test kitchen in our office um, and we are happy with them and I'm happy with them. We hand them over to the publisher. The publisher then looks at them with extra eyes to make sure that everything that we've said checks out, etc. Um, and then I will then start the process of writing the cookbook, of writing the introductions and tips, etc. So that's all me. Uh, but they just make sure there's no error. There's no, you know, what, what the, the pictures make sense. There's no putting the wrong recipe in the uh, uh, wrong recipe next to the wrong picture. So the team is not just my team, which I have employed, but it's also people that we partner, we've partnered up with in order to help us with things that would have ordinarily taken the majority of our time that we can't okay. get to our uh, other, um, our other uh, projects. So that's what I've done. So I've got, you know, I've got my team that helps me with all things Siba. And then I've got other teams that I then partner up with in order to help me with that specific project. Okay, perfect. A lot to learn from you, Siba. And uh, unfortunately, time is not on our side. Mm -hmm. But there's just one final question. Uh, you mm -hmm. thought or you were dreaming to become the president of South Africa, the first female president of South Africa. <laughs> I, I do hope that dream is still there. <laughs> Dreams do come true. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not sure if whether the dream is true, you know. So I think, so besides being the first female president of the country, I also wanted to be like Mother Teresa. And I think I'm closer to being Mother Teresa than being the first female president of the country. But you know what? Who knows if an opportunity yeah. puts itself, I, I would be up to the task. So you, you never know. Yeah. So we, we never know. Yeah. So what is the one thing, just the one thing that you really, really love about South Africa? Ask this question so that our, our listeners outside of South Africa, even in South Africa, they really understand South Africa from your perspective. All right. I think what, what, what one of the things I really love about my country is the warmth of my people um, and, 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 the, and the willingness to be able to push through even in the most hardest times. Um, I mean, we are, we are still such a very young democracy, and I do think that we have done quite a lot, um, even though we, we are not perfect at it, but there's a lot that has been done within this time, um, within this time that, that we have had that we would never have had if it wasn't for our young democracy. I also love the the young and the you know that 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 blazing and travailing spirit mm -hmm. of our young people, specifically black, you know, our black our people of color who never our parents they never had these opportunities. And that spirit that says we are going to break boundaries. You know, uh, a majority of the time in the streets, people will say, Siba has the best hustle. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll say, Siba, you know, 
who's got the best hustle, etc. It's just that yeah. spirit to push. It's the spirit to be, um, to aspire, and it's the spirit to want more than what we have and more than where we come from. Um, but even more so, um, for me, I, 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 I am even. Um, even um, more grateful that we come from good hands. The Nelson Holishata Mandela. You know, we've got such Indeed. great history and the fact that we're able to reconcile and be where we are in itself is a great history. There, there's many wow. that I can share, but I love the fact that we are warm hearted people. And when you get to know us, I do know that there's been, you know, we've had issues with our fellow brothers um, and sisters and I, I don't, um, okay. I don't dispute that. Uh, but once you get to know South Africans and you become friends with South Africans, you'll see that we are very warm. We're proud of who we are. We, we, you know, we're proud of who we are and we're not willing to exchange, um, to, to give away. Like, for instance, I said to Food Network when they came to me, I, I won't change my accent to be, being a, a British accent. I want to stay true to who I am. And they said, mm. refresh it. So we're proud of our heritage. We're proud of who we are, and we we, we want to showcase the world. I think, um, um, as con as controversial as as it may be, we are very close uh, with you know some of our tribes are very close um, with the Nigerians because you know I consider the Nigerians the strongest Africans. Um, you know they're very bold, they're very proud, and um, love the fact that they're loud and they're not ap apologetic um, with who they are. They they are well traveled. Uh, 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 and all of that. So I, 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 I love that about them, and I love their confidence. And it's something that we as Africa need to exude more as we conquer and as we go ahead in the world to showcase the beauty of who and what we are. Wow, that is powerful. The Rainbow Nation, beautiful country. I really, really mm -hmm. agree with you there. Well, thank you so much, uh, Siba Mtong, and I really wish you the best in terms of building your business further and the launch next week. I hope we yes. can join live. Uh, if not, <laughs> I mean, I hope I can eat from it next time I come to Cape Town, but I believe you will be able to expand outside of Cape Town as well. Okay. So thank you so much for coming over to speak to me. You're welcome. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me. And that was Siba Mtongana, the founder of the Siba Corps and a renowned global food icon. And hey, if you're in Cape Town or are planning a trip to Cape Town, please do pop by the Table Bay Hotel and enjoy her delicious food there at the Siba restaurant. Thank you for listening. And if you like my show, please do subscribe to receive updates on new episodes. Thank you.